Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. If you're watching this live on YouTube, uh, check the description and I'll have links to Odyssey, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere where you can catch um, the audio and visual versions of the podcast a couple days after it airs. And then I'm also on Twitter, Gab, Getter, Float, um, and also on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, I don't really do much, but follow me on all of those. And I'll have a website coming soon. But for now, for those of you who do like Patreon, I have a Patreon where you can support me. That's also linked in the description. So we're having a crazy weekend here. Uh, Russia did go into Ukraine and there's all sorts of misinformation. I've been hanging out with Scott Horton all weekend. I was just with him when he did a speech yesterday, basically explaining that everything that Russia is doing, whether or not you, whether or not we agree with it, which anyone who's anti-war doesn't agree with what they're doing, but it's pretty justified in a common sense, real life approach. But anyway, today I've got Ryan Dawson or the ghost of Ryan Dawson on to talk yes. about misinformation <laughs> and what's really going on over there. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm a little jealous you're hanging out with Scott Horton, and, uh, but you know, that's okay. He can be jealous of us uh, next week. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Ryan and I are both going to be in Washington, D.C., and uh, Putin this morning just said that Russia's basically on high alert. Uh, on an, yeah, I mean, they're basically with their nuke, with their, uh, I don't know how to say it, with their protection system for nukes, they're on high alert. How, how did, what did he say this morning, Ryan? Oh, I mean, it was last night for me, but um, okay, yeah, because yeah, um, for those who don't know, I'm in Japan, so 13 hours ahead. I'm in the future. That's why I get the news first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that option's on the table. They they're like basically telling everybody don't interfere or kaboom. Um these idiots are doing everything they can to escalate things though. I mean, yeah. sending all these sanctions and banning of the media and banning of airlines and now I think they FIFA kicked them out of soccer saying oh you can only play in in stadiums or whatever like which is just stupid. Like the soccer fans, the soccer players have nothing to do with this, but it's collective punishment because they, they need to rage out about something. Right. And all these billions of dollars of weapons they sent to Ukraine, uh, you know, just like with the Taliban, they're going to end up in the hand of the Russians. Uh, there's whole empty warehouses of them that they've captured already. So I've, I've been just sitting back kind of laughing at the irony of the media coverage of this whole thing. I mean, if, when you look at uh, the coverage of the other wars, the ones our country started in Iraq and Libya, and then uh, also Syria and Afghanistan, or the coup in Ukraine in 2014, it was it was like full cheerleading, right? About right. Saddam's going to reconstitute his nuclear weapons program, yellow cake uranium, anthrax was given to Al Qaeda by Iraqis. The Israelis came up with that one. Um, WMDs, blah blah blah. And they never even issued a retraction after the fact. Like, yeah, yeah, that was all wrong. Gaddafi didn't have rape armies. Assad didn't gas his own people. They're just lockstep for it. So you can see how clearly uh, the media is state-run media. It's mm -hmm. not just big pharma and corporations, whatever. It's, it's the government. Like, they say what they're told to say, or they lose access. And... The big so, one in that list is, of course, the coup in 2014. They act like history started yesterday. Right. 
Yeah. So where are you getting your information? How are you finding out what's going on? Because even with Scott, like we were hearing all sorts of different shit and we're trying to figure out what's true, what's Russian propaganda, what's American propaganda, what's actually happening. But how are you finding yeah, out? Well, the great thing on? about knowing stuff is you don't have to decide what to believe because you actually understand. And I've been following this from the coup onward, at least, I mean, tacitly since 2008, really. But yeah, I've covered this. I've, I've had on Joe Loria. I've had on Scott Ricard. I've had on um, Pepe Escobar and, and McGovern and all these people that are either experts on Russia or Ukraine. Um, Joaquin Flores, James Corbett. Like, and I've been talking about this and the Nord Stream 2 line and what was going to happen the whole time. You can, and anybody, if you ever want to know, oh, where should I get some information? Ron Paul Institute, man. I, you could pull up a Ron Paul video from seven years ago of him saying what we're doing in Ukraine is likely to start a war. <laughs> like, right. You know, if you understand what this is about, this is not about uh, the expansion of NATO. Whatever. Germany was going to veto that anyway. Like, that wasn't going to happen. That is something, is good PR for Russia to say they don't want NATO on their doorstep, but it kind of already is in the Baltic states. They don't want them in Ukraine is true. But the, you know, no government ever comes out with its real motives, like just like the Iraq war. They're not going to say, yeah, we're not really scared of WMDs. We know they don't have. Uh, and they're not going to talk about energy. They're not going to talk about Israeli interests. You can't do that. And this isn't about annexing Crimea either, because first of all, it wasn't annexed. It was it seceded peacefully. Not a shot was fired. Right. And it seceded back to a country it used to belong to in the first place uh, by a population that already speaks the Russian language. But that's, you know, the U.S. would be like, they took Crimea in 2014. You know, Crimea left in 2014. And why did they do that? Did you do something? Did something happen that caused the people to want to leave? <laughs> no, they don't want to talk about that part either. Right. Uh, the banning the Russian language and just the abuse of the coup d'etat where they set up oligarchs. <clears throat> yeah, they in Ukraine to ruin the country. Uh, 15 billion euros in debt, uh, you know, strict austerity measures. And they're looking east and thinking, man, should it be nice to live in that place again? And, you know, they got to step in, but they act like it's an annexation. I go, oh, really? We care about annexations all of a sudden? That that was the best when Israel was condemning annexation from the Golan Heights and West Bank, right? Uh, or the the Kurds in that we are currently sitting on Rojava, Syria right now, protecting Kurdish annexation of Syria. And for a long time, we were protecting the same annexation in Northern Iraq until Soleimani pushed the Peshmerga out. And then of course, somebody assassinated him. Yep. And yeah, that so could have kicked off a world war and they didn't care about the assassination of Soleimani. When Trump did that, like, okay, here's all you Trump haters. Here's something his supporters will even agree with like that yeah. was fucked. No, they didn't care. The left didn't care at all that he killed Soleimani. They're like, Oh, you killed an Iranian. Well, <laughs> and boy, that Iran deal sure looks sweet. Now <laughs> yeah. you need that oil and gas now. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, in Ukraine, it's funny that, um, you know, the, the left is always calling everyone that disagrees with them Nazis and that they hate democracy. But in yeah. 2014, they used a bunch of neo-Nazis to overthrow a democracy. Um, yeah. So what percentage well, of, 
It's yeah, similar to the, the U.S. calling everybody terrorists except for the actual terrorists who they support. Right. So what percentage of Ukraine's armed forces and government is infiltrated by the Azov battalion at this point? Like what, what amount of power do they have there? Well, it's not infiltrated. Like it, that is a official battalion. That's their crack troops. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, these are the guys that are taking territories and having success on the ground. Um, Russia has its own sort of Azov battalion counterpart, although albeit like definitely not Nazis, but same sort of, you know, ultra nationalist uh, folk type stuff. And that's your Chechen crack force. And they're they're in there, too. So, yeah, let them beat each other up, whatever. But the fact that there is a professed Stefan Bandera, Azov battalion, neo-Nazi, Nazi flags, all that in Ukraine. That is not just some fringe group, nothing burger like the Proud Boys. Right. These are well-armed uh, official, like military, paramilitary that get hundreds of millions of dollars from the U.S. and Canada and gear. Just like Al-Qaeda in Syria, right? They, or <laughs> billions of dollars in, in the case of the Taliban, right? We love arming miscreants because war or conflicts are good for business if you're in the MIC. The U.S. really doesn't lose much here, um, given the media is just making excuses for everything. They sell a lot of guns. They cripple two economic competitors. And, uh, you know, it, it just pushes Russia into the arms of China. It's good for the China and the U.S. To, to cripple the EU and the Russian state. But that's what they think they're doing anyway. But that's going to boomerang back so bad. I think this is the end of the Democratic Party because Biden's going to take an L on this. I don't, I don't care if the whole media is saying babies on incubators or whatever in Kiev. That's the style of propaganda. And, and man, they're like saying, yeah, we're, we're shooting air bases in Russia. We've got the ghost of Kiev shot down six, 10, six million airplanes or whatever. It's all bull. And I want them to, I want to stress that lying on TikTok and Twitter about how the war is going doesn't change how the war is going. Maybe it gets the morale for your e-hauls to put a Ukrainian flag on your Facebook avatar or whatever, but have some fucking consistency in your principles. Like, oh, you suddenly care about Kiev, despite the fact that they were shelling Donbass for five days before this conflict uh, allegedly starts, right, where they like it to start. I didn't see any flags of Yemen, and they've been starving and being pummeled by Saudi Arabia for years. Yep. I don't see that. I stand with Yemen. Fight, you know, let's protect the Houthi from Saudi Arabia. None of that. And endless examples of hypocrisy bingo can be cited. They care about Ukraine because the press told them they care about Ukraine. It's total right. NPC. Like they're just, oh, I'm supposed to care about this one. Just like, well, I'm supposed to wear three masks. Dr. Fouch told me to. Or, you know, whatever. Black Lives Matter, blah, blah. Whatever they say is the good guys is the good guys. Doesn't matter if they're burning cities. Doesn't matter if they're neo Nazis, because uh, there's again Black Lives Matter, despite how it started against police abuse, ended up becoming just a blacktivist racist group going around setting stuff on fire and looting, and assaulting people and even murdering people sometimes. And they've done millions of dollars in damage, like burning Kenosha and stuff, Antifa with them. Biden just calls that an idea, man. But then that simultaneously to that, they're sending aid to neo Nazis. Well, let's just call them Nazis, really, in Ukraine. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, hit pieces on me by like Adam Holland, be like, Russia's our RTs, Ryan Dawson, hate criminal, Holocaust denier, peed on Jesus, whatever. And this guy's support, he's calling, accusing me of racism while he's supporting Nazis. Yeah. And the same thing, it's like, oh, we're the war on terror. I'm like, you are not. You are aiding Ral Sham, HGS, Al Nusra Front, MEK in Baluchistan, like, fucking al-shabaab like all these sunni wahhabi al-qaeda groups get money and guns from the cia and yeah i'm sick of them pretending like these aren't real but if it's not on t if cnn doesn't sit there and tell the couch potato we're aiding al-qaeda in syria we're aiding nazis in ukraine they're like they don't know yeah uh putin bad he's a straight white male christian that's already like several check boxes of evil for the identity politics crowd right Right. What do you expect them to do? Um, are, they brought out heavy artillery and started shooting it in Donbass, the two breakaway regions, for five days in a row. And that violates the Minsk agreement. Is there had always been sniper fire and stuff. They've murdered over 13,000 people in the last eight years. Yep. This war started in 2014, not February 23rd. Right. And they were recognized by two states, you know, Syria and Russia. And they declared their independence, voted an overwhelmingly referendum. They wanted to join Russia. Russia said no. They get neutrality. And Ukraine started firing artillery, hitting kindergartens and everything else. And, uh, yeah, just imagine that happening in America. Just imagine the Florida Keys getting bombed by Cuba or something like that. There's, there's no fucking way. We don't have to imagine it, Ryan, if you decide to secede what they do to you here in the United States. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, as far as like the stories that are being reported, we're hearing about Snake Island, the ghost of Kiev. We're seeing pictures from last year of Zelensky that are supposed to look like they were taken a couple days ago of him on the right. front lines. But he's really inspecting the border in 2021 uh, where I you'll love this. You probably already know this, but I there was one clip going around of. Um, a building getting bombed, saying that it was the Russians doing it in Kiev, but it was actually yeah, in Gaza <laughs> from the Israelis. But uh, are any of those There stories... was one also where they hit their own building with uh, anti-air fire, clipped it. I'm like, why would they do an artillery bombardment and hit the side of one building, not like 50 buildings? Like, no, you misfired and hit your own apartment complex. That's all that happened. So is there any truth to any of those stories? Or are they all bullshit? Like the all of those Snake were Island? bullshit. Snake Island. No, that with not only is that bullshit, the exact opposite happened. Eighty-five uh, Ukrainians, uh, maritime uh, sailors, surrendered, and they're on a bus. They're not even handcuffed. They're just like, uh, I mean, they captured them. They took their weapons away, but they're, they're not even cuffed up or tied up. They're just tired of it. And I don't think they're Ukraine could be doing a lot more damage to Russia than they're doing. And Russia could be doing a lot more damage too. They, they're not even like, right. they're like 90% held back right now. And, but Ukraine doesn't have the will to fight because these people, one, a lot of them don't really see Russia as the enemy and they just don't want to fight for the corrupt, uh, totally installed regime uh, from the West that has done nothing but loot their wealth and act like a bunch of kleptocrats, it's hard to fight for someone like that. I mean, I feel like if the U.S. rolled into Canada, not a lot of Canadians are going to die for Trudeau. They'd be like, if 
let's say it was President DeSantis or something instead, they'd be like, oh, yes, please take us. You know, yeah. like, with Biden, he's just as bad as Trudeau. So my analogy doesn't work quite as well. But. but yeah, you're right. The narrative is that like there are some cowards who would want to flee Ukraine when there's this completely corrupt government that's conscripting everyone to fight against Russia, which is obviously going to completely annihilate you. Oh, they were they were fight. They were passing around Molotov cocktails like for PR, I guess. They're like, yeah, go throw this at a tank. Um <laughs> like it's the Warsaw ghetto or something. Because optics wise, it makes you feel sympathy for Ukraine. Like, oh they're so brave. The citizens are staying there and they've got Molotov cocktails. Not a single one has been used, by the way. But um, it's just a stunt. It's they're not in there sweeping street to street, and boy, they could be. I mean, mm -hmm. they could just flatten the whole city from from miles away if they wanted to. They're not doing that, and you're not going to have Molotov cocktail battles. But so the reason the reason they're not doing that is because they want to maintain as much Ukrainian sympathy as they can. Right, the Russians, right? That's why they're not just murdering everyone and mowing the whole city down. There. Well, they also feel like you in their mind. Ukraine is part of Russia. Right. And so they, they feel like this place has been usurped by a Western back uh, puppet regime, which it has, and they like to preserve it. And they don't want to fight. And not, see, if they were to flatten a city, welcome to 50 year insurgency war, you know, like, okay, now yeah. you've pissed off the public and now they will go against you. Kind of like what happened in the American Civil War. If the North had not run around burning cities and stuff, it wouldn't have lasted five years. But a lot of people that were didn't really want to secede or didn't care what were like picked up a gun and joined the Army of Virginia because these dicks came down there burning farms and raping. And so they're like, well, I got to defend my homeland. The U.S. didn't learn this either. They went into Iraq and just flattened things. And then they got stuck in a quagmire for years. Uh, we had more soldiers die in the occupation than the war. Is you, you know, it is not just like morally sound; it's tactically sound not to flatten the public because they don't really make a dime's worth of difference militarily. They can't do anything, uh, so killing civilians doesn't help you. It's fucking immoral, but it will turn them into soldiers if you just start going house to house, burning things Sherman style. Then. Uh, not, you're going to have everybody against you. so And they already got the almost half the planet, more than that, against them. But, you know, China is staying neutral. Azerbaijan, Belarus, uh, India, like, Russia is not by itself. And they wouldn't even kick them off of SWIFT completely. It's like, oh, yeah, American sanctions. Well, whoopee-doo. Uh, you didn't have any trade anyway. And only about 14% of the war chest was in dollars. And British pound is like 5% or something like that, whatever. They still need to buy their gas and oil. But I'll tell you what's how Russia's going to hit them back. And, well, it already happened this morning, and China did it with them. They banned export of nitrate fertilizer right. and grain. Russia exported 30% of the world's grain lopsidedly so to certain areas places like brazil that imports almost entirety of its fertilizer from russia and the rest of china is now getting neither so you're not only going to freeze this winter you're not going to have any food and they these rich plutocrats don't live in the real world they don't care 
what the price is. Oh, it's six dollars a gallon in California. So what? Because if you're a millionaire, it doesn't matter if it costs you fifty bucks or seventy bucks to fill up your tank. They have no clue. They don't. They're so detached from reality, from the common person, right? They hate working people. They call truckers white supremacists, right? These are the right. governments that are telling you to go die in Ukraine. The one that would, you know, the ones that shut down your cities, that allowed gangs to loot and burn them, tells you you have to have a COVID mandate or you lose your job. This is the side. Like people may, they're not really for Putin. They're just against Biden, Trudeau. And Bojo, Boris Johnson, these people have been nothing but terrible to their own populations. And I wouldn't mind if somebody liberated DC. <laughs> I was like, yeah, get rid of them. Great. Awesome. Uh, so, well, speaking of that, we'll be in DC in a couple of days. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, we've got the trucker convoy that's going to be converging on DC when we're there. So you have a bunch of trike, I don't know how many actually, but a bunch State of truckers. Union address too. Yeah, you got a bunch of truckers on strike. You got crazy inflation. You got these sanctions that are going to cause even more trade problems. You got tons of people out of work. Um, so the Blood type of economic upheaval borders. we could be going yeah. through in the next couple months could be, or I mean, it'll be longer than that, but just coming up here, it could be really, really bad because you got so many things going on at once. And then our, our trade with Canada is also fucked up by this whole thing. I mean, it's just a big disaster waiting to blow could up. avoid the whole thing by not having mandates and telling Ukraine not to shell Donbass. Could avoid yeah. the whole thing. Stop firing artillery at your neighbors <laughs> because they might invade you. And you don't need a mandate if you're sitting in a truck alone with a virus that you already have a 99.98% of surviving anyway. Right. Well, I was arguing with some people because they were saying like, oh, it's so unfair that Putin doesn't want uh, Ukraine to get American weapons. And it's like, well, hold on. That's like if <laughs> Mexico was getting Chinese weapons and they were firing them into San Diego and El Paso. And we were like, yo, this has to stop or we're going to fuck with you. And then they're like, well, you're not respecting our autonomy if you won't let us get weapons from China anymore. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's and troops narrative. Yeah, they sent trainers there too, and they had let they say China also sent troops to Canada and weapon, you know, because they're arming. <clears throat> they've been arming all the uh, satellite states, so yeah, I mean they're in Lithuania and Latvia and Estonia, and so yeah, what would we do? That whole American exceptionalism, right? Um, Turkish ships too, like they don't uh, ever put themselves in someone else's shoes. They just expect them to bend over and take it forever. But Donbass was hit with artillery for five days before Putin. And I swear he was just thinking, well, the 23rd's the anniversary. That'd be a good day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'd already had him surrounded and were leaving. And on their, like, as their tanks are going the opposite direction, right? Uh, Zelensky decides to start shooting in Donbass. Like, what do you. What reaction did you expect from that? Ah, oh, they'll just they'll just let us blow them up. We'll just keep shelling them, harassing them. They also cut the electricity off. Like who does that to their own country? They cut the cut them off the power grid in 2017. So this area's already been getting electricity from Russia because they couldn't get it from Ukraine, even though they're allegedly part of Ukraine. This is a public, and the people who live there don't want to be part of it. It's gotten to that bad. I can tell you, like. 
let's say 2022 elections go around and the Democrats are still in power. They just mail themselves votes in, even though they're like polling at 30 percent and they win again. You'd see secession because mm-hmm. people were like, there's no other option other than to leave because they're just going to cheat and lie. And we know it. And the media back them up. We have to separate. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, what do you think Putin's overall goal is going to be here? Because some people think he's just trying to uh, prove a message. Some people, some other people think he's going to invade the whole place and keep the whole place. And then he's talked about denazifying and demilitarizing it and not occupying it. But what do you think is, what is, what is he actually doing in your opinion? <clears throat> well, usually he does what he says. So what he said, he's going to demilitarize it and denazify it. So that that Azov battalion is fucked. Um, if I was him, I would, uh, well, there, he's already demilitarizing it and taking out all their air drills and anti-air defense uh, and all their, any, any kind of stagnant target military hardware base uh, has been um, like 200 and some of them are destroyed. Right. So they won't have a base of operations. The The problem will be the men in the field because he doesn't want to turn this into a meat grinder, but he'll blow up all their toys. He'll seal off the border to Poland and Romania so he can take his time. And then he's going to send in his uh, more forces and they are going to encircle them, envelop them and take their time wiping out every neo-nazi uh or nazi that decided to you know wave these flags and attack them in 2014 is going to be destroyed and you know ukraine still has a way out of this they offered them again yesterday you want to talk to us now come to belarus okay come to the border of belarus they didn't do it Mm -hmm. so you know he's gonna do what he said now he's being a little gentle he's not killing civilians or anything but he's going to demilitarize them and once they are out of that and it's down to small arms fire then uh the chechens and others will come in and wipe them out they're not going to have this puppet regime it, it's already over uh and you know they're saying the eu is sending fighter jets Right now, from Poland to Ukraine, well, what are they, <laughs> how are they going to get in? I mean, fighter jets, are you serious? S-400 will tag them before they get off the runway. Uh, that's what the Ukrainian Air Force was already wiped out in the first, like, two hours. Uh, sending in more planes is just like, yeah, just let's just throw paper to the fire. Maybe ice cream will come out. It's, it's such wishful thinking, but they don't care. They're like... Actually, I think they know. They're just like, well, how much does a jet cost? All right, chalk that up on the fucking deficit, right? They're just making money. But, and that's, that's just, let's see, that's your crony capitalist right there. It's like, we know it's not effective, but <laughs> just, let's get rid of all our obsolete weaponry. Let's send them like the shittiest anti tank guns, stuff that's unusable, and act like we're doing something. We sent them anti tank weapons with fancy letters and numbers behind it. But you really look it up, see what it is, like shoulder-propelled grenade that would even penetrate the armor. Like, mm-hmm. just ridiculous stuff. So he is, I don't think he's going to do a negotiated settlement. I think uh, 
they offered that knowing it would be rejected to say, hey, because it's this is PR. We told we gave him peace terms a couple times and they wouldn't talk to us. So he can't they can't turn around and, and accuse him of that. But he knew they're not going to talk. Uh, Zelensky's afraid to meet. He's uh, he's probably in his bunker pissing himself right now. Um, I don't think they're going to put a bullet in his head. Uh, they're going to put him on trial. <laughs> like, There's nothing anyone can do about this. You can sanction Russian. They've made countermeasures all the way down the line. Uh, you know, you really want to start World War III? I don't. Ukraine fucked up. They bombed Donbass, and now they're getting their comeuppance. It's, you know, what any nation would do. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone bombed one of our, if somebody bombed Puerto Rico, they'd get hit by the U.S. They would. It's just how it is. <clears throat> Unless it was uh, Antifa Black Lives Matter. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> so our current president has a lot of interests in Ukraine. And ironically, uh, mm-hmm. our last president almost, well, he did get impeached, just not convicted. But he got impeached for basically looking into what Joe Biden did in Ukraine, but can you just explain to those who still don't know about the Burisma gas company what Joe Biden actually did? Well, Trump got impeached for the phone call uh, with Ukraine, and then they were like, okay, that didn't pan out. Well, Michael Flynn made a call uh, to Russia. So (laughs) that was over trying to get them to change their UN Security Council vote in favor of Israel, right? And they decided, no, we're not going to be in favor of Israel. They've also... Russian foreign minister is called the Golan Heights part of Syria. I saw that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, popcorn time, right? That's why um, you've got the Putin profile there behind you. Yeah, they're accusing <laughs> him of quid pro quo with Ukraine. But that's what Joe Biden actually did. And I've got a video on BitChute, 78,000 views now. It's not bad for BitChute. It's linked in the description, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And the first, Corn like. Pops Revenge. Oh no, that's a that's my own film. I've got another oh, okay. one uh, from the anti-corruption agency on Ukraine with all of Biden's calls and stuff on it. It's five oh, okay. hours long. Like the guy's so fucking guilty. See, everybody's seen, I think, the infamous call or this recording at the CFR meeting where he's like, "Well, son of a bitch," you know? yeah, he's talking to Portashenko and he gets the prosecutor looking into Brisma to fucking take a hike, which he has to do because Hunter Biden's got an eighty thousand dollar no show job. 80,000 a month, by the way. He doesn't speak Ukrainian, doesn't know shit about energy, but he's working for Ukrainian energy industry, and he's like the vice president title, whatever. Yeah, and he, he's like, we got to get rid of this guy. He's looking at my own <laughs> my own white-collar crimes for my family. And you're right, I did make a film called Gordon Pop's Revenge, but it's also called The Biden Crime Syndicate that goes over their just horrendous uh, relationships with ukraine oligarchs and the communist chinese and you know mexican cartels and everything else they're uh deeply involved with rock war profiteering and it's joe biden it's frank biden it's hunter biden it's Ash, uh all the bidens are you know, involved in these things and uh but the other video i'm talking about is from the it's like if on my bit shoots the second most popular video on like most popular video thing the anti-corruption agency and it's just like one thing after another and it's biden 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 and then this guy becomes president and suddenly oh there's a war in ukraine 
Like this is what these neocons and shit libs have been planning since at least 2014 when they installed the government there. And make no mistake about it, Yatsnuk and then Poroshenko after him were handpicked oligarchs uh, who are just at the behest of Monsanto and a long list of your usual suspects, right? And we've got the call from Victoria Newland saying, fuck the EU. Yeah. We're going to put Yats in because she can't pronounce his name. This would be our guy, right? She's married to Robert Kagan, a curious neocon of the Iraq war. And Victoria Newland wasn't punished for any of this. She works in the Biden administration now. She failed upwards. And the neocons, uh, like David Fromm, who's uh, a Canadian neocon that wrote the the axis of evil speech <coughs> for Bush um, with worms, or I believe, you know, they're all anti-Russia, pro-Ukraine, and same rhetoric, right? You cannot tell the difference between these classic Bush, the lesser era neocons and your shit live leftists. Because they're all yeah. in agreement on this, whether it's Hillary Clinton to Richard Pearl, right? They're all the same when it comes to Ukraine and getting uh, lessening Russian power. Because Russia is a threat to American hegemony. That is the counterbalance. They're like, we can't get our war in Syria because the Russians got involved. So Israel doesn't get its way in Syria. Um, and in a way, the way the reason Iraq and Iran were able to push out the Kurds in Iraq is because uh, America's Al-Qaeda forces were so weakened by Russia, Iran, and Hezbollah in Syria. They're losing. Syria retook the whole southern half of the country and has been holding that since 2017. Um, they've got Hama, Homs, Dara, Deir Azor, of course, Damascus, Palmyra, Mambij. It's all Syrian now. And there's just the, and Aleppo, obviously. That's the big one. Raqqa's a little bit. Uh, you know, stuck in Rojavistan with the Kurds. And then, of course, that Afrin area with Idlib city in particular is full of ISIS and protected by the Turks. Um, but by and large, I mean, you could roam around Damascus. You have more freedom in Damascus right now than you do in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. That's <laughs> you, you can go outside, eat yeah. a sandwich. You don't need a mask. <laughs> Putin kind of killed COVID, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, I can't panic about two things at once. <laughs> so, how man. big a role do you think uh, the American support of Ukraine has played in Biden's? Um, or sorry, let me put I, I phrase that backwards. How much of a role has Biden's interest in Ukraine played a role in America's defense of Ukraine? Oh yeah. Oh. 100%. It's it's uh, all of it. It's not just Biden. Like, this is the uh, entire country for money laundering. So Hillary, John Kerry, Joe Biden, the, all the usual suspects. John Kerry's kid also works in Ukraine, right? Right alongside Hunter, right? Chris Hines and Hunter Biden have business deals. They had another partner, Devin Archer, who's now in jail, uh, who helped them set up Rosemont Sentica and China with the communist Chinese backed by communist Chinese banks taking their 10%. Um, God, these idiots sold American technology to China. And here's another one. <laughs> Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> Joe Biden that. went to China saying, Russia's building up. We want you to intervene. And China just turned around and shared all the intelligence with the Russians. And then you had Mark Milley, you know, <laughs> Mr. Woke, Milley Vanilli, 
decides to call China and say, don't worry, we won't surprise attack. If there's first strike, I'll warn you. The fuck, dude? You're an American general. Why are you going to warn the Chinese if we're about to attack them? We were not going to attack them, but like, you're going to tell them, don't worry, I'll warn you if we're coming? Right. Are you a fucking spy? And, you know, of course, we've got Miss Fang Fang and stuff. You've got Democrats sleeping with the enemy, literally sleeping with the enemy, getting spied on. But China knows every move we're about to make, and they share it with the Russians. And they've set up their own uh, countermeasure to SWIFT. And so uh, both China and Russia have been doing that. Russia started that in uh, 2014 when the first round of sanctions came. They decided, okay, we're going to need to uh, <clears throat> we're going to need to build up a bigger war chest and diversify it more. So they set up the Systems for Transfer of Financial Messages, the SPFS, uh, as like the countermeasure to SWIFT. And it's got over 400 banks, Russian banks on there. And then the SWIFT sanctions they've already put in place don't even limit euros and gas trade. So it's womp womp already. But this is a good thing for the world for there to be SPFS because monopolies are never good. And a lot of people are looking at it. They saw what happened to Iran. They're seeing what's happened to Russia. And they realize, wow, if we get out of line, America will just cancel us. Right. Uh, and boy, do I know that how that feels. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, you're like, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 and I would get ready yeah. to say, yeah, I'm not on any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Telegram. I do have an Odyssey. I have Telegram and uh, Substack, though. Substack's like the most mainstream thing I'm allowed to use, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's not even that mainstream, but it is owned yeah. by LinkedIn. And I count that as mainstream, but yeah. So do you, you think got the this... Eurasian Economic Union too that's supporting Russia, and you've got uh, China has its own the CIPS, mm-hmm. which is the cross-border interbank payment system, and you know Alibaba is like Alipay. Mm-hmm. Alibaba's um, like Wish, or as you can get cheap things from China basically. But Alipay, this is a you know multi-billion-dollar company, is working with VK which I'm also on. I'm on all the Russian shit because I got banned on the American stuff years ago. <laughs> VK, you can get payments if you're Russian. Um, Russia, Kazakhstan, and South Korea, which is why South Korea, but they're on Quickie. And so they use that payment processor. And then um, you can get paid on VK. Like people can donate to you and stuff uh, through that. So that's a small workaround, but the bigger thing, obviously, is is the uh, SPFS. That's their counter to SWIFT. And it's got German banks, Swiss banks, um, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan banks, um, and a few others on there, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then, then all those, um, all those uh, smaller states in the EAU will be part of that too, like Armenia and Belarus. So, so does Russia have plenty of its own oil uh, oh, yeah. infrastructure? Okay. They don't need anything external or? It's almost like what Hitler wanted with the, you know, he was uh, he was a shrinking markets guy. <laughs> like, yep. He, they, do they have oil and gas? Yes. Do they have agriculture? Yes. Do they have high tech sector? Yes. Like they're, they're basically independent on all the pillars of what you need to be a functional country. Uh, the exception is you're, you're already set at a certain level, assuming international trades. If you take that away, 
you know, they can debase the ruble. But their war chest is in the, is in the hundreds of billions. And so what they did is they bought Elon. They got euros, dollars, uh, British pounds, yen, gold, and so on, diversified. And, yeah, they can withdraw. The, they can say no more dollar transactions and da-da-da. But that that's so stupid because temporarily it'll do them some damage, but it's just going to help build up their ST or SPFS system. And they're still going to be able to buy rubles to help float it by using the foreign currencies like <laughs> euros, right. uh, which is about 25%. And of course the yuan. So it will help the Chinese again, like, thanks Biden. You're helping the communist Chinese and you're putting austerity measures on Europeans. You're going to raise the gas prices even further in America. And it's not going to, change the war in ukraine one inch like mm -hmm. it's not nothing's going to happen they, they're going to do what they're going to do and now that you've sanctioned them that there's no turning around they're definitely going to do it now yeah right like <laughs> well you already you already gave up your leverage so why should they capitulate like well you're already punishing us you might as well take some territory yeah like the more you do this yeah the more they're just going to double down yeah the more they're going to yeah. triple down they're just like well you know, you could have said do it or else, and then they might go. You know, we got enough. I don't want to get banned, but they banned you. So like, well, okay, well, why should I leave? You know, yeah, you already ruined that. We they they know it's winter time and they need heating. Italy and Germany in particular get like forty percent of their oil and gas uh, imports from Russia. And mm -hmm. if you turn around to get liquid gas from the United States, import I don't know coal or something or the turn your nuclear power back on which they won't. <laughs> no shit. um yeah yeah i know that's another you don't get me going on that but they you know <laughs> they uh they, they, green energy is such a crock it's such a salesman thing like mm -hmm. well it's got such a nice sounding environmental veneer but it's just it's just bull like it doesn't yeah, work it it's doesn't a political stunt i can I, yeah. having worked on you know power lines and seeing power production and being involved with windmill plants like yeah it's a fucking political stuff it's such a joke so yeah. i like elon musk built all those um solar panels outside tesla and then he had to plug into the grid anyway because they didn't <laughs> even they didn't even produce one percent of his energy needs like 99 percent, he's plugged into the grid which means oil gas and coal right <laughs> yeah. but it looks good and then they're falling apart and it's not even worth paying to replace them they don't even produce much for like the fucking cost of the panel, right? And they're like, oh, we'll subsidize it. I'm like, no, god damn it, Lincoln, no. Because when government subsidizes an industry, they just raise their prices because they know the government's going to pay X amount. So why not charge more? Durr. That's what happened to college tuition and the rest of it. Like, oh, you have a guaranteed loan? Well, then it's this much now, you know? Right. No, don't subsidize green energy, you know? You know, reward innovation. Like, you know what reduced carbon emissions the most in the last 30 years? Switching from uh, carburetors to fuel injection in automobiles. Mm -hmm. Free market, motherfucker. That's what did it. You know, mm -hmm. oh, it's less emissions and it's more efficient. And it's, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's what that's what works. But they're no, they want you to force you on to windmills or whatever. And this stuff doesn't work. Like in the things that do work, like thorium, they're not interested in. Right. Because you can't build bombs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you don't need to invade so many countries for that either. So that's another You could problem. have energy independence electrically anyway with thorium. 
Yep. And then if you, you know, a lot of U.S. is not in this boat because only one percent of its electrical needs are from oil. But most countries use a lot of oil for electricity. And the U.S. Mm -hmm. is still fifty-one percent on coal, right? Which is worse for the environment than toxic waste from a nuclear plant. But right. if you switch to thorium, that frees up all that oil. But I don't think they, they're like, no, but then what would keep the poor and the middle class down? Like if you, it takes initial capital to rise. Like you, you, when you're living hand to mouth, you can't really invest or do anything because you're just paying your rent, your food, you're paying your rent and your food. But if you get a chunk of savings just a couple of times in a row, you actually do something like that and change your life. Like you can go up a rank, but you got to have, it takes money to make money. And they yeah. know they want to keep you strapped on that subsistence living lifestyle. But if you lower oil and you lower gas costs, it makes everything cheaper. It's not just going to work and back. It's all the goods you buy in the store have to be transported to that store from factories and stuff. It costs them less to bring it there. Prices go down on everything when the price of oil goes down. Mm -hmm. And the price of oil goes down dramatically if the price of electricity goes down, which you can do with nuclear power. But no, because big energy would lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. it all go, then, then all these oil and gas companies and the green companies would be turned against you. So mm -hmm. that's why they hated Jimmy Carter so much. <laughs> he was pro nuke. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot of people, I think they've been utopian about the collapse of the empire that nothing will replace it. But obviously as the United States empire starts to crumble, the Russian and Chinese are going to be like, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to move in on this. We're going to take advantage of this. Um, I mean, that seems pretty inevitable. It seems like that's oh really God. starting to happen. Yeah. It know? can get so much worse. You think America's bad? It is. But you want, trust me, China, okay, China's a country that's got an excess male population because they had this one baby rule, right, uh, where they just killed the girls. And there's over three, there's like 300 million more boys than girls, like the, an entire United States more of men than women. So there's a deficit. So they have a lot of mail-in brides and stuff. And this has just led to just mad human trafficking where you order a wife mm. and instant after instant, you got girls that are chained to the wall or chained to the floor naked, raped by the whole village for like years. They just abuse these women and they they don't give a fuck about it. Right. They're oh, it's so disgusting. The abuse of women in China. And in fact, that like, that would not happen in America. Culturally impossible. Like, right. I don't care if you're a fucking shit lib, neocon, whatever. You're not going to chain women to the floor and have them gang raped. Ever. Mm -hmm. Or torturing dogs and eating, like, all the fucking crazy shit they do in China. Like, I've had people try to give their children to me. Like, please. Mm -hmm. They've got more homeless people than Texas has people. They've got oh, almost 800 million people live on $5 a day or less. So, you know, don't judge China by the richest people in Beijing. That's like judging medieval times by the king and his court, not the fucking serfs living on cabbages and dying at 38 years old, right? Mm -hmm. China's fucked. I don't want them increasing in power. They are culturally backwards. Uh, they engage in ethnic cleansing, Hun supremacy, all that crap. And, you know, it's, it's uh, hypocrisy bingo to condemn the, you know, killing of Uyghurs if you're not going to do the same for Palestinians and stuff. But I do condemn the killing of Palestinians. I am consistent on this. Like, I have been mm -hmm. condemning whoever does it, and China does do it. And, you know, America supports it in some places and not in others. Well, 
I'm okay with the not and others, and I just wish they condemn it in the other places too. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, I I have been talking about Yemen. I made a movie about it. I have been talking about all this stuff. Yep. Uh, I'm not just focused on Ukraine or something, but right now they're getting some comeuppance. I mean, they abuse the people of Donbass. They murdered children on a beach. They lock people up in a warehouse and set it on fire. I mean, that reminded me of the Mystic River Massacre. That's what the original state holiday of Thanksgiving in Massachusetts was about, where they locked 700 Native Americans in longhouses and burned them. And anybody that came out got met with the axe or you know, the musket ball. 700 people burned alive. Mm -hmm. And then they had a Thanksgiving for their glorious Christian victory or whatever. Um, that was the original... <laughs> state holiday at thanksgiving not the turkey stuff we celebrate today lincoln changed that he just mythologized it there was a um there was something like that in virginia where they all came and ate together because they were starving to death in jamestown and the indian brought them um deer and you know what they did they poisoned the wine and bacon went in and, and started head chopping and killing Indians under a truce, invites him to dinner, poisons the wine, gets rid of the men. Those women got raped, and then they went and started burning their own settlements. They don't teach you that in your little Jamestown history. Uh, they act like, oh, no, Bacon's Rebellion was, you know, kidnapped the governor and stuff because they weren't getting a fair price or something, and they're importing food from England. I'm like, they're importing food from England because they can't trade with the natives because of your own hostile relations with the natives. They were giving you food and you fucking ambushed them. And now you're starving because they won't cooperate with you anymore. He went around burning other people's tobacco fields so that he could get a higher price, him and his gang for his own, right? Mm -hmm. He was not the raging proletarian <clears throat> hero or any of that crap, the fucking butcher. Anyway, nobody knows US history and they, and they sure as fuck don't know the history of Ukraine. I'm like, no. you don't know the history of your own state and you're sitting here mouthing off to me about, you know, towns and cities you learned the name of this week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I'm over it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. They don't know what they're talking about and they don't even know that they don't know. Like, I yeah. don't know. Uh, there's places I don't know much about, and I never talk about it. I'm like, I don't know the inner workings of the fucking political environment in Mongolia right now or something. Right. I don't pretend to, and I won't. <laughs> I yeah, still dude, probably I was know it better than most, to, though. <laughs> I was talking to one of my former coworkers, and he was, like, saying he was ready to – he's like, I might even go join up and, you know, go over there and try to fight. And I was just like, do you know anything about Ukraine, like anything about the last eight years? What does Azov Battalion mean to you? Do you have any idea what that means? Or, you know, like, I mean, would you even know what Sevastopol is or, you know, what the Black Sea is or why a port there would be important to Russia or Ukraine? Or, like, they just don't know fucking anything about any of it. And they're yeah, ready. But there's, a, there's a Ukrainian flag on the Facebook app. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage yeah. people, uh, if you can share the link to the Substack, I made a video about the media, the military, the economy. That kind of goes over like i felt like you know what was it 40 minutes long it's not long but there's so much bullshit on twitter facebook whatever that yeah you, you need to get you need to get, i would say consortium news and all but i don't think people are ready for an hour-long talk from ray mcgovern or paul roberts or whatever but if you just want to like a little video explaining it to you um the most recent Substack, Substack post I did 
got a video on the top. It's also on A&C Report if you want to watch it over there with Odyssey. That one's a little longer because I did some commentary at the beginning and end of it. But, yeah, I mean, the reality of what's happening on the ground and why it's happening is completely missing. They've reversed it. They act like they're winning a war that they could totally losing. And they act like it started out of the blue for no reason just because Putin's an insane maniac or something and completely omit the last eight years of history. And most importantly, the five days preceding the conflict where they were shelling Donbass. Yep. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, like, I think, you know, some of us, like, I, did, I didn't actually think Russia was going to do anything this time, and neither did Scott and a couple other people. And it's not because they didn't think it was reasonable. It's really because Russia just hasn't fucking done anything, <laughs> like, all this time. You know, they've been incredibly reserved, where they've had a lot of excuses to do stuff, and there's been nothing but fucking warmongering coming from the media. It's all, like, Russia through the 2016 election. Russia's doing this. Russia's going to do that. Russia, 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 Russia. So when you hear any fear-mongering about Russia, the tendency is just be like, I don't believe you anymore, you know? Right. I, it's, a reasonable, it's a reasonable take. And they weren't doing anything right. until the shelling. Like, all that stuff, all the eight years of history, we could say, oh, but Russia was like, still, mm, you know, it's a pretty big move to invade a country. They weren't going to do it. And then when the U.S. started ranting and raving, accusing them, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do a false flag. You're about to invade. And use their own lies as a pretext to start sending more weapons and troops to Ukraine. And then Ukraine started shelling Donbass. Russia's like, we got to do this. And they've been waiting for winter anyway, because that's when they have the most leverage. That's right. when the gr the ground is frozen, so you can bring your tanks bring in easier. Tanks, yeah. It's also when Europe needs heating the most, right? They don't want to cut off oil and gas, and they have it. You may see further sanctions in April or something when it warms up on the oil and gas, too. But right now it's cold. So they're like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. You know, they don't, they don't, I don't want to be cold. Like they want all these other people to have sacrificed their life and stuff. They're like, no, I don't want my heating bill to go up. Um, <laughs> but they needed it for tactical reasons too, uh, frozen turf. Russia is a tank and artillery uh, kind of bear. So they've, yeah. they've got them in there. And, you know, tanks are just mobile artillery anyway. I mean, that's all mm -hmm. it is. And so it favors them uh, on a military tactical level to start it in the winter. And yeah, starting a war with Russia in the winter is never what could go wrong, right? It's never been successful ever in the past. So for anybody, yeah. So it's not going to be successful for Ukraine. And they did start it by shelling Donbass. That is a, that is an ally of Russia, Russian speaking people. And you're shooting them with heavy artillery, and you're getting weapons, and you're talking about joining NATO. And Russia's like, eh. -eh. We're yeah. going to preempt that. I mean, it's like Zelensky could be like, I poked a bear and it bit me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. That's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> or it's <laughs> like if, it's like if you eat nothing but fast food and you're getting fat and you end up in the hospital or like before. Like, you... I don't understand it. I got a diet yeah. Coke with my happy meal. <laughs> yeah. It's like your friend's doing that. He's just eating tons and tons of fast food. And you're like, dude, you need to stop or you're going to end up getting really unhealthy. And then he has, ends up in the hospital. So you go in and you tell him like, Hey dude, what did I tell you? And he'll be like, what are you taking the fast food side? It's like, right, okay, right. yeah, what did it take? You know, I've, <laughs> we've been telling you all along and you just keep pushing and pushing. Um, yeah. They never have accountability or responsibility. Like, 
I ate all this junk and got fat. And like, we told you not to eat it. It's like, it's their fault for putting corn syrup in the food. But I'm like, you know that's in there. Don't yeah. eat it. That's on you. Yeah. yeah there are seen, really uh, skinny people who need the corn syrup, right? There are some people who can't gain weight. And maybe they like that kind of food. But you're yeah. not one of those people. So you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> Have you seen George W. Bush and Condoleezza Rice and all these people condemning the invasion of yeah. Ukraine by Russia? That's pretty oh, George Bush. <laughs> Junior, <laughs> I can't even Hong Kong. You know, it's like the clown role. Condi Rice too. She called it a war crime. It's not actually. It's a war. War crimes are how you conduct a war, not going to war. Right. You can say the war was stupid. You can say it was unjustifiable. You cannot say it was unprovoked, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say it's a you know overreaction or too much or whatever. You could have. They could have said, look. Ukraine's violating the Minsk agreement during that five day period. Uh, and well, actually, they did say that. They, there was mm-hmm. here. Yeah, fuck. There really was nothing. They tried everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting ready to say something, but then I caught myself awake. Wait, that was in his speech. <laughs> like, as the meeting's being held, there's more shells coming across. Yeah, they're putting it into a war, uh, an ongoing war of attrition that's been going on for eight years. They're tired of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Finland and Sweden are talking about joining NATO. Please don't. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. I like those countries. I like them to exist. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And you see Macron's reaction. Instead of maybe we shouldn't be aiding Nazis and moving weapons into countries on Russia's border to, well, we're going to spend 2% of our GDP on weapons and build up European militaries again. We're going to get off Russian oil and gas okay are you gonna well you can't have from iran or russia or anybody israel doesn't like so what's your plan (laughs) you won't use nuclear power you don't have the oil in the ground so what's your plan just gonna buy it for the united states gee i wonder who came up with that plan it's funny here in the states i don't know if you've heard this yet but a bunch of governors have asked state liquor stores to stop selling russian liquor it's like it's already here. <laughs> like, yeah, it's don't reorder it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just stop reordering it if you want. But yeah, that's fucked. It's yeah. it's dumber than freedom fries. It's like at least the freedom fries you can still get the fries. This is like yeah, throw all that stuff that we already bought from Russia. <laughs> yeah, out. Isn't that you know, funny. Is... <laughs> we're we're not gonna get rid of French fries. We'll just rename them. <laughs> yeah. Clown world. So, do you think this will have any effect on? the United States monopoly through the uh, world reserve currency. Like if this lasts a long time and Russia is really trying to be independent and China's joining in with them, do you think that could actually crack it and fuck us over on trade big time in the long run and everything? Or Yeah. I mean, they're not joining it. They have joined like mm-hmm. that's already happened and this is going to have major impacts. But like I said earlier, I'm, I don't own rubles, whatever. I'm not too worried about that. Um, and I live in Japan and I use mass transit. So I'm not so worried about gas and oil for myself, but I'm worried about it for others. But I'm more worried about the ban on nitrates and grain because yeah. that that's the, the impoverished people are going to die mm-hmm. and it's going to hit Latin America hard. And like, to me, that's, that's something I'm worried more about that than, than middle-class people paying more at the pump, you know, mm-hmm. they'll live. I'm much more worried about the bans on fertilizer and food than I am oil and gas. 
but to answer the other half of your question, yes, they're uh, the monopoly, the Swift monopoly is dead. And uh, that's probably a good thing in the long run that there needed to be competition from that. You can't allow, you can't have autonomy if it's a do it or else all the time, do it or we kick you off a Swift, do it or we kick you off a Swift. Mm. And that's what happened with Iran. Iran's opposing Israeli interests in the Middle East. That's why they've been kicked off Swift and put sanctions. They're not building a nuclear bomb. They're not a threat to the United States. Israel wanted sanctions. Israel got them, right? If there's an alternative, you can bet your ass that Iran is going to join China and Russia's nexus and start using their system for international transactions. And good on them. You know, I want peace and trade. I want the standard of living to rise for all people everywhere. And trade is what prevents wars. When you've got so much interlocked business that it's like, no, we can't risk losing all this. It's when you stop trading and you stop talking to people, which is actual isolationism, that then uh, wars are on the table because there's nothing to lose. You won't have dialogue. You won't have trade. So let's fight, right? Now, peace comes through trade. Mm -hmm. The more interlocked, like you could never see a war between South Korea and Japan again. They just do too many business deals. <laughs> you know, it's too much to lose. Mm -hmm. They can hate each other all culturally all day, but it's like, yeah, but I do like Toyota. Yeah, I do like Samsung. Or you know, so not happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's switch gears here a little bit. I, uh, I want to ask you about Jean Luc Brunel, a name that everyone's completely forgotten because he died like over a week ago now, or about a week ago, and everything's gone nuts since then. But as usual, there's tons of misinformation surrounding how he died or whatever. So just tell us, tell us how what happened. Yeah. Well, the, oh, I forgot to do my shekel chats. Oh, well, better late than never. Um, yeah, Jean-Luc Brunel was the number three man in the Epstein ring with Epstein and Maxwell. He was a procurer. He ran MC Squared Models before that, Karen Models. They rechanged the name from Karen to MC Squared to uh, Identity Models, which was in 2019. And he got captured in 2020 in uh, in Paris or outside of Paris, Charles de Gaulle Airport, uh, handcuffed him, threw him in jail. He raped little girls, like 12 years old. He would bring them to Jeffrey Epstein and his cohorts down there, mostly in Florida. It's pictures of him um, playing around with Glenn Maxwell. He used to drug women, uh, roofie and liquor them up and rape them. There was a 60 minute piece of what he was doing. But he used his modeling agencies as a way of recruiting uh, very attractive young women and girls. Girls meaning, you know, under 18. Uh, so fuck that guy. But he had a lot of information on clients, on the clientele of Jeffrey Epstein. He even sued Epstein but didn't serve him papers. It was a way of trying to distance himself when Epstein was erased, arrested in the first time in 2008. So he'd been in prison and... He's also best buddies with Andrew, uh, who already just paid a $16 million settlement to Virginia Dufresne. And so the focus was on Burnell. He was set to finally have a trial. So Discovery, all the information was going to come out. And suddenly he decides to kill himself. And they say, oh, the cameras didn't work. Da, da, da. Same with Epstein. Now, in Epstein's case, the cameras did fail. The guards are taking a nap. His door was unlocked. It was like clearly murder. With Burnell, it's also murder, but the 
they're exaggerating. There were no cameras. So there's no cameras okay. to be off. They just didn't have cameras, <clears throat> which is a smarter thing. Like instead of having them and they go off on that one day, they just don't have them. Mm-hmm. That's part of the prisoners' rights. They don't put cameras on individual cells 24 hours a day. Uh, but there was a camera in the hallway and there is an investigation into his death. But I have a feeling that whatever results they find will just be classified or, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't even know he'd been arrested. A lot of people didn't even know who he was. All they know is Maxwell and Epstein and act like it's a couple rich perverts that did this whole thing all by themselves. Right, right. women. No, it was an Israeli intelligence front. It was backed by Les Wexner and the Israeli state, Ehud Barak, and others, that um, was gathering blackmail on people in positions of power, politicians, governors, senators, a president, President Clinton, for one, to um, blackmail them for Israeli interests. And Epstein dipped into his own stash. I mean, Maxwell's family is related to intelligence. Her father uh, helped work with Israeli military intelligence uh, and her whole family's like that. So she better be uh, pacing back and forth because she could end up tied up in bed sheets one day too if she starts yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah do you think that's going to happen? Like, that, that was going to be my next question about Ghislaine. Like, <laughs> do you think they haven't, she, they haven't killed Claire Bronfman and they haven't cured, killed Glenn Maxwell? It's harder to infiltrate a female prison because Maxwell's uh, in solitary. So she has no roommate there to kill her. You could bribe the police to do it, but there's so much attention on this because of Epstein that if you killed Maxwell, it, I mean, it would just be too much. It's too, that they can't cover that up. Now, they could kill Brunel because there's never really a lot of attention on him anyway. I remember going on Sean Atwood's show and he didn't even know he'd been arrested yet. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people didn't know Brunel. I, I got that news out there back when I still had a YouTube. Like, Brunel's in jail. They got him in Paris. It was a little story in the sixth page, you know, what yeah. the fuck? It was in Le Mans, and I'm like, they got John Brunel. I follow these people around. So the moment he died, and a minute after that was released, I was on, and of course, I was banned on Twitter, suspended. I was suspended for correcting Tim Pool on his idiot take on the Civil War, where he said Maryland was the only slave state. Fucking retard. Um, you can't say retarded on Twitter. Like he's not actually retarded. It's just a, a play, a figure of speech. Meaning, like, he's isn't really that how dumb. Dan McAdams got banned for saying? Yeah, he called Sean Hannity retarded or something. Yeah. But I didn't even call Tim retarded. I recall I called his take on the Civil War retarded because yeah. it is Maryland was not the only Northern slaveholding state. I mean, if you had your official slaveholding states with Kentucky, Delaware, Maryland, Missouri, and West Virginia, and also Washington D.C. itself, but there are unofficial ones like California which on paper was a free state, but no, they absolutely had black slaves, American Indian slaves, and Chinese slaves well after the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was the last state in the Union where slavery ended with California, even after the 13th Amendment passed, which got rid of slavery in New Jersey, Delaware, and Kentucky, all of whom still had it after the Civil War. It did not end it in California because out West, they just did what they wanted to do. They had more slaves than Alabama. California did, and that's the Yankee state, but whatever. Um, but New Jersey still had slaves, Maryland had slaves, of course, but so did Kentucky, so did Delaware, so did Missouri, so did DC, so did West Virginia. And then in a sense, that's black slavery. And then all of them had Asian slavery. So whatever. Yeah, Tim, Tim doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And like 
he's just an uneducated skater guy that is like he didn't finish college he didn't anything he's not a historian he doesn't know what he's saying and he and his guests are always like yeah yeah lincoln ended slavery you fucking dumbass and there's nobody ever on there to correct him and i don't think if someone just showed him i think i don't think he'd like oppose it really strongly be like wow i didn't know that whatever but yeah, it pisses me off, man, because I, I really want to reach these people and go, shut up about the Civil War. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, but you know, there's been a bunch of Yankees talking to each other and none of them know shit about anything. It's really frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's almost as frustrating as watching The View. The View is like a bunch of fat ladies talking bullshit to each other who don't have a fucking clue about anything. They're like, well, <laughs> I think blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, I don't. You're on. It's like unwatchable. And watching yeah. Yankees talk about the Civil War, what they heard in second grade or movies or whatever, is so frustrating. It's like, oh fuck, say Tim, please, you need an intervention. You need I'll an intervention. Give you a, I'll give you a little bit of Jack Murphy on there, who is you know blackface with the Irish, Jack Goldstein, whoever his real name was, who is a literal cuck, <laughs> who is talking about you know how to be a man. <laughs> We we gotta remember the white pills though. So like I know you've talked about like it's scary when Ann Coulter's saying something that makes sense, you know, nowadays yeah. or whatever. But the latest one is Candace Owens. Like I never thought I would see that, but the stuff she's been saying about Ukraine, I don't know if you've seen any of it, but it's like holy shit. She was saying like if you think that America isn't the aggressor in this, you don't know shit. You need to listen to Putin. You need to read Putin's speech. And you need to understand that this is because we've been expanding NATO. And she like went, it was kind of like, it wasn't just like some basic, like, oh, we're bad. They're good. It was like laid out, like why yeah. NATO expansion. I was just like, what the hell? Who are you? Like, aren't you the turning point lady? Like, Candace Owens has matured a lot because she used to be a fucking shit lib. Yeah. And then she was like Boomer con. <laughs> the token yeah. black Republican <laughs> or whatever. And then yeah. <clears throat> she's not, but that's how they tried to betray her. Uh, she's not a unicorn. There are lots of black conservatives. He just, one of my favorites is Thomas Sowell. And I agree, I disagree with his Iran policy, but I think on sociology and economics, the guy's spot on. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was funny when the, we had three, two anarchists and a libertarian saying, defending Larry Elder, <laughs> because the other side is Gavin Newsom was so bad. <laughs> they were like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I hope Larry Elder wins. You know, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. dark times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what's this thing we're going to DC just for everyone who's wondering what it Two is? Two things there. Well, okay, so every year except for the last couple because of Corona, there's this conference on the power of the Israeli lobby, saying you know how bad it is. I just call it anti APAC. They don't like that name, but I'm like, well, I'm not you, so I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got the black spot. Who cares? Fuck APAC. But, you know, they have speakers, um, Gideon Levy's coming, uh, all, all these fucking Chad people. I've, I've seen Max Blumenthal there, Norman Finkelstein there, Allison Weir's, so Justin Romano's been there, Scott Horton's been there, uh, Grant Smith's always there. He's kind of one of the co-hosts of the event. And I've gone to all but one of them. I missed the very first one. I've been to five or six of them. And so that's an all-day thing on March 4th from 8 a.m., until 7 p.m. But the last two hours of it is just like drinking and networking. But so uh, from 8 to 5, speakers, uh, there's a, a break, and then there's like a lunch break. But the rest is all lectures and um, keynotes and whatnot. 
and then a couple hours of networking there at the end. And there's also a gala on the 3rd at 6 p.m., but that's invite-only, fancy pants thing, $300 tickets and all that. I think that's sold out. Uh, so those, that's what's going on on the 3rd and 4th that I'm going to D.C. to attend. Now, I'm holding my own event on the 5th and for you guys on the 3rd, mm -hmm. um, where I'm going to screen my film, which is also about Israel's influence, how they stole the bomb, and it ties into the Kennedy assassinations, the Epstein ring, all of it, because it's one long continuous thread. This Sunborn Institute mega group on onward up to today, right, is only the same couple generations of guys, and some overlap with both, like Les Wexner. So I'll be explaining that how they stole the bomb. It's a, a film. Uh, I keep saying New Mech, but. It's just going to be called How Israel Stole the Bomb because a lot of people don't know what the fuck NUMEC means. <laughs> yeah, so the mm -hmm. Nuclear and Uranium uh, <clears throat> Equipment Corporation. So they, um, I've got, I'm inviting people to that. And I had to wait till very recently because they keep changing the Rona rules of whether or not I could even get to DC. Right. Now yeah, I'm, they just I'm now worried about the... getting back to Japan because they're like, oh, they changed the rule this morning. I get an email on the toilet saying, if you leave uh, from March 1st, you can't come back. <laughs> like, well, I'm leaving. I've already paid for this three times, and I'm doing this, and I'm going to get back somehow. Um, if not, I we'll have just have to transplant your whole family to New Hampshire. You know, yeah, well, if I can't North, come yeah. back, then they're all coming here. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Or going to... <laughs> Fuck, I don't know what I'll do. But like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I really need my computer and my children um, and my wife. Uh, I got to bring the computer too, not just my family. Like, the computer is like another kid almost because that's all, that's my my job. Like everything's right. on there. So, um, but yeah, I will be screening the film. And people are like, what time? What time? I can give you the day, the fifth, and then for my core group, we'll do it on the third, uh, also. But the time is depends on when the media room is available and da, 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 da. and I kind of got to get there and hash that out. And uh, I also can't announce like where in the time because Gabe Hoffman will cancel it. Mm -hmm. He'll call the place and get it canceled, so, which sucks. And I hate not telling you way ahead of time. But if I do, uh, I've got uh, my resident fucking follow around Zionist that decides you know, to cancel everything. So you want to be able to see it. You're just going to have to meet me in D.C. Now, I'll be outside the press club on the 3rd at 1 o'clock. Um, I'm going to the gala at 6, but at 1 o'clock, I'll be there. Okay, so right outside the Washington Press Club, 1 o'clock in D.C. I'm planning, you know, gather some people, go over to the Lincoln Memorial with uh, what I always do is I go there with my Confederate stuff, and I have the big poster board quotes of Lincoln's racist crap, right? It says Abe Lincoln. Like these aren't my quotes. That's that statue. This is what he really believed. That always gets a nice reaction. Um, I don't know <laughs> I if that's going to be possible that. this year. If there's really a trucker rally and it's all held, you know, that we might just yeah. decide to go drinking in the hotel instead. But um, depends on how <laughs> clusterfucked it is. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know how close you've paid attention to that, but they're talking about deploying the National Guard and everything to stop them, and so I have no idea what. Well, in that case, if there's a big audience, then I'm going to switch and bring my boycott Israel flag 
to and the trucker in front of the cameras everywhere. Yeah. No, just I wanted the eyeballs to see it. I'm, I mean, I do support the truckers, but this is yeah. just me saying fuck Israel because um, fuck Israel. Yeah. <laughs> if I had known there was going to be this huge trucker protest, I'd have spent the last couple of years just going to like every truck stop and trying to get them to end the Fed, you know, because if that was the protest, like, yeah, we're not going to drive again until you end the well, Fed. Well, what are they that protesting? Be... Like, we don't have mandates. So, I, I don't mean, know. If they like... were like jail Fauci, then I'd uh, honk, honk, I'd dress up like a truck, like Optimus yeah. Prime and walk around, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's not like in Canada. DC, it's not like the same fucking amount of oppression. Yeah, but you're, you're in, D- yeah, you're in Washington. Why don't you just go inside the building legally and talk to Congress? Mm-hmm. I understand protesting in San Francisco or something, but like you're in DC, right. go make a meeting and like a grown up. Yeah, trust yeah, me, maybe, I've made I've made this yeah, point to them a lot. Yeah, like, <laughs> we can do that before. too. That's what we can do. Hey, you sick of this? Follow me. I'll do all the talking. Just follow, just stand behind me and like wrestling interview. And yeah, yeah, just be that guy. Mm-hmm. We'll go into the building. We'll make a meeting. Well, like who here's from this, this state? Raise your hand. All right, we're going to that office. Where are you from? Kind of all right, familiar, we're going to that Ryan. office. Dude, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's gather a bunch of people. Who come there from wherever and say, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And go hit all those offices. It's not that hard. You just walk into the heart building and say. I'm just worried about, um, you know, saying, let's go into the Capitol after. <laughs> <what Well>, like, <laughs> that could turn out pretty bad. <laughs> well, you go. In, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about going into. No, uh, I, I know. House but floor. still, just I'm the optics about, of it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're you are allowed as an American citizen yeah, to meet your I, representative. I you. So you can go in and meet legislative assistants perfectly legally. You're allowed in the building. You go through metal detector and all that. Dress nice, and I will issue your demands for you. I'll say we're we're against mandates in all states and these indirect mandates. You're like, oh well, the Supreme Court said there's no federal mandate. You're like, yeah, but we still have all these restrictions on airlines and da 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 da, and it just mm-hmm. needs to end. Like, we need to live with it. It's like the flu. We don't need masks. We don't need any of this stuff. And Fauci needs to go to jail because he did do gain of function research, which is illegal, and he should be in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a jail Fauci moment would be great. It, oh fucking yeah, let's do that, man. We got. Jackman's and you, myself, and I've got a crew of like 10 other people that will definitely do this. So mm-hmm. we can get some truckers behind us too. We're going to go in and talk about prosecuting Fauci for gain of function. We'll go visit Rand Paul. We can go visit Thomas Massey. We can go get the people already on our side. I think Cawthorn would support that too. Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina would do it. And um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh yeah, she's she's on board for sure. She's our AOC, right? <laughs> Just don't show her the end all aid to Israel flag because then she might not get too excited. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's one that one's much harder. But I think a jail Fauci thing. Like, look, we got the twenty eight pages unredacted doing this. Mm-hmm. So I swear, people just never do it. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal. It will be open on the okay. Here we go on the third. Let's meet at one o'clock. Go over to Congress and we'll lobby. And you can film it and we'll teach people how to do it here. You just go in, you ask to meet so-and-so they'll say, no way. Uh, they say, can I talk to a legislative assistant about X, Y, Z, which one do I need to talk to? If that person's there, they'll talk to you. If not, they'll give you a card and a time to come back and talk to them. If you have a card and a time, then you just go to some other office and try to do it again, collect your cards. Eventually some people see you, you talk to them and they go, Oh, it's three. It's time to talk to so-and-so and you continue. And that could go on all day. 
I can leave at six and go to the gala and this shit can continue. Like people that live around this area just need to learn how to do this. This is what APAC does. This is what a lot of interest groups do. Mm-hmm. Go in as American citizens say, I'm sick of Corona and I want Dr. Fauci to pay. The NIH gave money to Echo Health that gave money to the Wuhan Institute. It's been genetically traced there. They made this fucking virus. There needs to be hell to pay. And I think, you know, they're waiting for Americans to do that. So they can say, I had constituents from XYZ place telling me, da, 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 da. Do it. They're on the mm-hmm. ropes with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I think. God, DC, there's so much we could do if I could be there for longer. Hmm. Oh, yeah, well. well, if you can't go back, you can be. Well, I might get stuck. If I get there, you go. If you don't let me back in Japan, I'm lobbying every day. Yeah, <laughs> just knocking on the door. End all aid to Israel. End all aid to Israel. Jail Fauci. Jail Fauci. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Well, where, where can people keep up with you? I got all the links in the description, but just for people listening on the audio version, it, just type this in. It's like anti neocon. A N C report.com. And that's got all the links. And the Substack's good. Telegram's good. Those sort of be the main. And I put videos on Rumble and Odyssey and all that. But they're always on ANC Report. ANCReport.com will have every video, every podcast, every article. And somebody will be updating that while I'm in D.C. I got a, I got a guy. So um, while we are live streaming from there, you know, my phone won't work, but other people's will. And it's just like... Yeah, let's just tell me where you're sending it and we'll copy it over to all the places we need. So it's exciting, man. I'm looking forward to the conference. I'm looking forward to screening the film. I'm looking forward to just hanging out with the horsemen yeah. and uh, and doing some lobbying too. And I hope this trucker thing works. Uh, I hope it's not a bunch of mouth. If it's as big as they claim, awesome. But, you know, they're going to fence it up and going to try it. They're oh, going to yeah. call you Nazis. They'll have some idiot out there with a swastika running that round next to you and be like, see, see, white supremacist. Don't fall for it. Don't yeah, do anything have, violent. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't work out in the long run. And they'll have someone not telling you to lobby like you are, but to go in like they did on January 6th or something stupid like that and don't. <laughs> you can't don't go into the Capitol building onto the House floor. You're not allowed to when they're in session or something. That's illegal. Mm-hmm. But you are allowed to meet them at their offices. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's lots of videos in. of people doing that. If you go on YouTube, you can like. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene did it before she was a representative to AOC. And it's a pretty fucking hilarious video. I forget what she was saying to her, but she like <laughs> open. Have you seen that one? She like opens the mail slot in the door and is just like screaming in the door at her because she wouldn't come out to talk to her or something. It's it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. But <laughs> you know AOC's yeah. office is all the way in the corner too. They put her all the way in the hallway. She's got all these oh, yeah. posters that it's all over her door. It's like she's yeah. twelve. Yeah. Because we went there and said, like, yeah, we agree. No airplane. I just flew here from Japan. We should get rid of airplanes because she was talking about that in the Green New Deal. No planes. <laughs> what a moron her staff is just they know how could you not right (laughs) yes i gotta bounce though brother i'm gonna see you in a few days yep we'll Um, see you we should go to the russia house it got vandalized so i'm Mm. gonna eat there on purpose i'm gonna give them my patreon because they don't have a fucking anything to do with (laughs) ukraine and russia just a place that sells well, Russian food. The food's already here anyway, so what the fuck? Like, that's what everyone seems to be missing. They just buy it from Costco, you know? <laughs> yeah. They prepare it in a Russian way, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. Peace.